Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to give a couple of announcements. First of all, my book, The, the Girls on Rose Hill, is only 99 cents this week. It's my women's fiction title, and it's gotten some really, really great reviews. And I just decided to run a one-week sale. So, again, it's only 99 cents. And my most recent release, Cold Spring, is going to be 99 cents for a week during the um, Thanksgiving break, and it's a Kindle special. So please check that out, all my books and um, covers. And excerpts from all my books are on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So tonight, I am so pleased to introduce my guest, Angela Brown. Angela writes young adult, new adult, and adult romance. Some of her spicier, spicier titles are written under her pen name, Raven Godchild. So, Angela, welcome so much to uh, welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you this evening? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, I'm so pleased you could join me today. Now, Angela, maybe you could talk a little bit about your writing journey. How long have you been writing professionally? Professionally, it's actually been probably uh, just a little under, I'd say about 10 years. I actually started it, uh, honestly, when I'd really gotten into a lot of the Addicted by Zane books, a lot of the Omar Tyree type of books, and I just seriously wanted to write a story. There was a story building in myself, so I figured I'd better go ahead and get it out. And that was probably closer to around about 2005, 2006. And I also got married around the time, so there was a little delay in getting started in in the writing. Right. Well, you know, I've been talking about writing for probably 20 years before I actually did it. And it was actually my husband who finally said, I am so tired of you talking about this. He bought me a new computer, and he said, here, go do it. And and I did, eventually. Um, but it's, you know, it's so easy to let life get in the way. So, you know, it's yes. – and so, like you said, you probably have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I've always thought about writing a book. And probably about 100 people say they're going to write a book, and only about one out of that 100 actually does it. So, um, you know, I, th- I think – Sometimes you have to put yourself first and 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 follow what you want to do. Um, so, did you start writing with a writers group, um, or did you kind of learn on your own? Started because, unfortunately, I really didn't take the time that I probably should have to get out into the internet and do a lot of research. I sort of just sort of dove into the story, but a lot of what I based my formula on was from so much reading because my biggest thing that I did growing up was reading. I was a kid on the porch reading a story instead of running around and playing games. So with so much reading history helping me along, I actually was able to develop a pretty decent story. And it was after that that I had a friend or two kind of help me with beta reading and fix this and I don't understand that and what are you really meaning here? And a little back and forth with a couple of really good friends helped me put the story together the way I really wanted it to be. So that's when, um, right around that 2006 time frame is when I finally decided, okay, I want to do this. I want to self-publish it. 
and I'm going to do this. And, again, a little bit of life gets in the way, like you mentioned, um, that happy little marriage didn't go quite so well. And writing had to take a back seat to taking on uh, being a single mom and mm-hmm. starting my life all anew. So I started, stopped, and then once again, right around, I think it was 2000, 2007, uh, closer to 2008, that's when I really got into a writing group, and that really changed my writing big time. So that was a huge thing for me, being able to be a part of an in-person writing group, being able to get the critiques, to get some knowledge from other published authors who've been there and done that, and to give me some great advice. So, yeah, that's when I really picked up again on my professional journey. Right. Well, I I really think the best preparation for being a writer is to be a reader, a voracious reader. And I was also a child who would rather sit on the porch and read a book than than run around. And, in fact, a lot of times my dad used to come into my room and be like, it's a beautiful day outside, go outside, stop reading, which is so crazy, but he used to tell me that all the time. But so that, I think, really is – because you don't realize how much you're absorbing, but by reading, reading all – Reading reading a lot and reading widely, I think, is the best exactly. preparation for regardless of whatever genre you wind up writing in. Now, you do you belong so right. to RWA or is your writing group a more informal writing group? My my group is an informal writing group. Um, I haven't yet kind of gotten into the RWA. Uh, when I first started researching that particular group, they had a few higher expectations I hadn't quite gotten to yet. So. I figured I'd get there when I grow up a little more to get with the <laughs> RWA crowd. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually going to the conference this year uh, because really? it's in my backyard. I'm, I live in New York, so it's it's right here. I have no excuse not to go. And I'm actually awesome. hoping to host. Yeah, I'm very excited. I went, like, four years ago. I signed up, and, um, of course, I wound up only going one of the days, even though I'd paid for the entire thing because work got in the way. So this time I really do yeah. have to just take a formal vacation, hide from my right. family, and just you know just go <laughs> and actually stay in the city and go. But I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm actually thinking about doing a workshop on blog talk radio and, um, and author promotions. So hopefully that will work out. But um, now you decided – off the, you know, initially just to self-publish. Now, why did you choose self-publishing as opposed to seeking a traditional publishing route? I know this is going to sound kind of odd, or probably you've heard it before. It's really about control. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to control the process is what I really, really wanted from the beginning. And also, I've actually found that doing the self-publishing first gave me an inside scoop to how, at least in a smaller way with my little experience at the time, how the pro- how the publishing process works from the point of completing the manuscript to dealing with edits and more edits and even more edits and book covers and how those uh, come about. Um, the part, not a lot of marketing, but a part of some of the marketing that they would do on my behalf. At that time, I was using Author House. Um, I wasn't really thinking of doing a whole lot of marketing myself because, again, like I said, I kind of got out there b- before doing more research. So mm-hmm. it really was actually a good thing for me because it really did give me that key to controlling the process like I wanted. 
Right. And that's not unusual. I've heard a lot of authors say that they like the control. And, in fact, I have now published two of my titles. Um, so I've self-published. I've got the rights back uh-huh. to one of them. And then one I just self-published. And it is, you know, it is exciting to have the control and pick your own cover and control the timing. Uh-huh. And what I'm finding really exciting is, is now I'm looking at subsidiary rights. Like so I, I now have someone who's translating um, my book, The Girls on Rose Hill, into Spanish. And I oh, have, really? um, yeah, which is really exciting. And then I have um, two um, two actors that I'm working with who are um, who are going to be working on the audio books for The Girls on Rose Hill and also Cold Spring. So I'm really really excited. Those are supposed to come out um, early 2015. So it's it is exciting to 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 do that, and unfortunately, I have five titles with um, Kensington, a traditional publisher, and I don't have the control, so I can't exploit yeah. those additional, you know, those additional rights. And the and for right. me, it's all about trying to build an audience, and I want people to enjoy my books, and so this is just another way to do that. So I, you know, I totally get you with the control. It it, it is, you know, that's one of the advantages is that you do control your destiny a little bit. But, of course, that's one of the downsides, too, because, it, you know, yeah. it's really all up to you. <laughs> so right. now maybe talk a little bit about how many books you've published to date. And, and it seems like you've kind of hopped around genres a little bit. So, where, you know, what what genres are most of your books in and, and where do you see your writing going in what direction? Okay. I well, threw a, a lot of questions at one time, so you could take them one at a time. No okay, no problem. Um, under my Angela Brown works, my main full novel is Never Love, which is a young adult title, um, but it's mm-hmm. a paranormal, and I call it my paranormal with action and romance woven within the pages because it is more of a journey with a lot of action in it. Um, that one's my full novel. There's a novella that follows that one in the what I call the Shadow Jumper series, and that title is They All Fall Down. It's another it, because it is a follow up to it, and I had my characters at older ages in the YA. The uh, They All Fall Down transitions into new adult. The opportunity to stretch some of the boundaries in my writing, because I am able to use more in a new adult title than you can really use in a young adult. So it's kind of a transitional. It goes from the young adult with Never Love to They All Fall Down, which is the new adult. And next year uh, is when I plan to publish the third and final, which is going to be sort of a kabam, bang, boom, you know, devil's tale, earth, who's going to survive kind of story. Now, Mm -hmm. to go along with it, I have two other uh, short, I guess you can call them novelettes, they're in what I call my NEO Chronicles. They're character reveal stories, and they actually kind of do a a little bit of a linchpin into the Shadow Jumpers because the characters that are mentioned in these two novelettes are going to show up in uh, at least one in They All Fall Down, and again, all of them will be in the final novel for the Shadow Jumpers. So that's under my Angela. I also have Beacon, which is going to be coming out very soon from Evernight Teen Publishing. That one is actually a young adult, but it's a urban fantasy dystopian. Uh, there's a lot of dystopian that's out there right now. So 
trying to make sure I can get mine in out there before it gets entirely too saturated. Mm-hmm. Now, that's under my Angela Brown, under Raven Godchild. That's where I published Secret Lilies originally back in 2007, but I did a republish, new cover, um, did a few updates in the book, but everything's pretty much the same almost. So it's just a hotter cover, uh, a lot more that's going on in the cover versus the first one. Um, Mm -hmm. And that one is a full, uh, what I call a suspense romantica. It's got the graphic sex, so it does fall into the um, erotic romance category. Now, for full-on erotica, it's just sex. Nothing, there's no intention to try to make a romance, although there's a a little bit of romance woven through the series. My Confessions of a Sex Thing is actually four short stories um, about, well, a former gigolo, (laughs) I guess you could say is the the best word for it, Um, four of his confessions of some of his interactions, and they all have different things. So that one, that's just erotica, it's sex. If you're looking for some detailed romantic thing that's going to happen, it's not going to be in those. Right, right. So that's a little less of the, yeah, I see, less of the focus on the romantic relationship, and it really is more the the hotter content. Um, now, exactly. Now, how do you manage to to promote these different lines, because obviously, and I can see why you use a pen name, um, yes. you don't want, you know, your young adults, you know, 16-year-olds to be picking up Raven's um, books. Maybe their moms can, but um, right. so I, I can see why you use different pen names, but has that made your promotional efforts, you know, difficult? Well, originally, when I first started the process, uh, when I first started releasing the confessions back in um uh, the early part of the year, I wasn't sure if it was going to be an issue, but Fifty Shades of Grey actually helped to eliminate a little bit of the difficulty because Fifty Shades of Grey, even though it may not have, it it was read, uh, read not just by moms, but their daughters. And I don't mean just daughters in um, working at, you know, a place, but you know, older high school girls. And so it's not actually any more difficult than I expected because Mm -hmm. it's almost like my readers are just kind of growing with my books. So I can have my younger audiences and their moms still enjoy the romance and the tension and all of that that goes into my young adult and new adult, uh, those projects. But as I get a little older, they're able to kind of move upward into my Raven titles. So it's, right. it's actually sort of like I'm getting to build a little bit with the younger, with my earlier stuff for the ones that can read it and actually build mm-hmm. it up to my Raven. Um, I think the one time that I had an excellent opportunity to put both of them on display was at the recent indie romance convention in Lebanon, Tennessee, it was awesome, so awesome. There were so many authors there, like Calypso Masters. Uh, well, no, she was the year before that. She was there. Kim Grosso was here. Sharon Hamilton, so many great authors. And they just let me right on in with all of them to share about not just the sweet romance, 
in my young adult and new adult, but the spicier side with Raven. So it was a great opportunity to put both of them out there. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I'm always shocked when I hear that that teenagers are reading Fifty Shades of Grey, but that's not the first time I've heard that teenagers are. I know my my neighbor said her her son's girlfriend was reading it the same time she was. She's like, um, she started like wanting to talk about it. She's like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not discussing right. <laughs> Yeah, I had several high schoolers but, actually come to me. Um, because they had read The Never Love, and they were like, that was great. Are you going to do something like Fifty Shades of Grey? I was like, uh, well, I didn't want to tell them <laughs> that I'd already written <laughs> I've already done it. That was <laughs> <laughs> I've already done something sort of like that, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> Keep with Never Love. Keep it down, fall down. Thank you very much. And when you get a little older, then you can get the rest. Right, yeah. Right. So that that was interesting to see that happen. <laughs> Right, right, right. That's so funny. Well, you know, it's 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 really funny that obviously Fifty Shades of Grey has really changed the romance industry and, you know, people who would never have thought about picking up or at least admitting that they were picking up an erotic title, an erotic romance mm-hmm. title, are are now quite open about it. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think that's a great thing. And I think it's inspired a lot of people to 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 publish things that maybe they would have been a little embarrassed, you know, something that they wrote just for themselves or just, you know, now people are building careers on it. And did you mm-hmm. feel inspired to to go down that vein and, and write some uh, erotic romances or, because of Fifty Shades or to, to – you? I think you said you had written this, maybe this is your first title, so maybe you had actually written it before the Fifty Shades. Right. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was – more of an opening to um, the BDSM angle for some people. It was it was like a gateway for them to enter that. Um, but as far as for me, what actually influenced me to go the erotic romance direction was Zane. Zane's addicted. I mean, it couldn't have been titled any better. It was truly an addictive book. I read it a few times, and I finally put it down. And and it was from that that I really started thinking, can I do this? Is this something I could do? Because I was so busy reading it, and I had so many things starting to, the gears started clicking in my head while I was reading it about, well, instead of this, what if my characters did this or that? It just, it was it was almost organic the way that I went from enjoying that erotic romance story to becoming hungry to create my own. So that's what really got me into the erotic romance. However, Fifty Shades of Grey did me a little bit of a favor because it made BDSM a little bit more acceptable. Mm-hmm. So once I decided to write something that included BDSM, which is part of my confession, it was okay. It wasn't so taboo when I decided to publish it. Well, but it's funny, I, you- I haven't read it, so I don't know what it's really about. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, one one of the women in my writer's group, they, she was telling me how she wrote a couple of spicier, you know, erotic romances, and she said she actually had to do a lot of research, so she had to password protect her computer because she didn't want oh, her God. kids, like, seeing the sites that she had actually been right. on. So. Oh, God. Oh, the browsing history was probably just hilarious if it was ever looked at. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
well, you know what I did um, because my first two books, and actually the Girls on Rose Hill um, was my second book, um, and my first book, Gold Coast Wives, was a light contemporary romance that had like it was plain vanilla. It had like no sex scenes. I was just way, way, way too uptight to write anything. I think mm-hmm. after my editor at Lyrical prodded me, I, I put in like a kissing scene, but that that was oh. it. And <laughs> so I was really, really uptight and. Again, my second book was more of a women's fiction title about, you know, a family, you know, dealing with family secrets. And again, there was a romantic mm-hmm. element, but it was certainly not hot at all. But um, I started my third romance, and I was like, you know, if I really want to write romance, I have to actually have people touch. So I have to, like, kind of get beyond myself. And so what I did was... And this is around, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey coming out. I downloaded the filthiest books, like you can imagine. I was, I almost had to desensitize myself. And I had never really read that before, but I just wrote, I just got everything, you know. And at one point, I think it was a friend of mine, she picked up my Kindle, and she's like, you know, you should be arrested. <laughs> what are oh. you reading? <laughs> But you know what? It not actually arrested, did. Not I know. At all. <laughs> um, but it was funny, and and it actually did help me get over the hurdle because by reading so much of it and seeing how people, you know, and I did like I read things about threesomes, like really crazy, crazy stuff for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. I thought it was crazy, and um, and I read that, and I desensitized myself, and also I, I saw like different authors how they handled it, and there were some erotica that was really more relationship driven, and some that were really right. more the the sexual content driven. Um, right. But I was able to in my paranormal series, the Devil and Legacy series, I was able to actually write some rather hot sex scenes and right. you know with the book I, I you know I became a little less inhibited to the point where like my last book I was like oh no I really have to like tone this down this is too much I, this is not where I want the story to go but it's you know it isn't it is very freeing and it's not something that I ever thought I could do so um, it sounds like maybe you were much more much less uptight than I was since you were able to do it with your first title but um now maybe we could talk a little bit about um, about your books. It, now, what is I mean in terms of your later bo- books that you're doing, or if you if you're working on anything now that you think will you'll be releasing soon, and and what genre that book is in? Okay. Well, right now the most recent thing is actually a beacon that I had mentioned earlier, the young adult urban fantasy dystopian that should be releasing soon. Um, the Ever 19 publishing team, they're currently working on uh, some blog tour stuff to, to get to me pretty soon. I, I guess this is this is a little different for me since I'm used to the self-publishing and controlling every single step. I'm, I'm in the position now where I have to step back and allow that con, you know control to be given to someone else. So I'm waiting patiently to find out more information. And as soon as I know, I'm going to quick fast and in a hurry get it out there on Facebook and Twitter and make sure everyone knows about the book being available. Right now, okay. as a work in progress, there is a, I'm calling it a Degrees of Being series. It's actually, it's sort of an idea that brewed out of a conversation that I had with one of the bloggers at Bitten by, uh, Bitten by Romance. She was talking about how, you know, oh, we see all these things with these teeny boppers getting into BDSM and doing this. What about the older people? We're women. 
We like doing stuff, too. Being 40 doesn't mean my sex drive is stalled. I said, you know what, you're right. You are absolutely right. And that started the gears clicking, and that's where degrees of being has come. I want it to be something that can be read, you know, 18 and above. I want to emphasize that, 18 and above. But mm-hmm. that it can be appreciated because it will contain um, characters that are closer in the 30s to 40s versus, you know, multi-billionaire, 32-year-old, and just barely yeah. got out of high school. You know, it's going to be people who've been there, who've done that. And the right. part that I'm really getting into is changes that they go through and the process of thinking one way and being introduced to something new. Even at that age, it still happens. And that's part of the thing that I really want to share. Now, do you feel that you can relate more to these characters because are they closer to your real age? Um, well, the male character is actually going to be closer to mine. <laughs> I'm actually going to have it. It's not going to be full-on cougar, <laughs> but there might be a little hint of some cougar going on because the woman will be a little older than the guy. Um, oh, but okay. the guy's going to be closer to my age, yeah. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I've but um, that a lot of my characters are in their their forties. Um, I've had a couple of characters in their thirties, and you know it's easier for me because I am in my forties. Um, although the book I'm writing right now is part of the book is set um, with girls who are college age, which was a real challenge for me to even you know write in a, a convincing way for somebody who's a lot younger than I am. So I was just uh. wondering if 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 that was you know if. If you um, if you found it easier to write about these older characters, but maybe that was harder for you because you're a little bit younger. Um, is there any particular character in any of your books that you think is most like you, or that you can relate to the most? Um, in Never Love, the main character Abigail, she is misunderstood. There are things about her that she's had to deal with that. You just don't really get a chance to tell everybody about. And it puts her into a very, very painful place. And although I haven't been through what I put my character through, by the way, we as authors put our characters through some stuff. Yeah, we torment them. Yes, we do. (laughs) We're supposed Um, to, right? Right. Um, But... What she went through, having to deal with the changes that she had to deal with. And um, one of the pieces is trying to learn about what real love is. Um, That's something that, thankfully, I knew what that was coming from a healthier home life than my character. But I, I, I really can recall what it was like that first time that I really thought I was in love and I just knew that the, the sun rose because he was there and, you know, that seeing all those things, so many of those things that were a part of me at that age of being 17 years old and your head over here is in love with someone, I was able to really grasp a lot of that and pour that into her experience. So she's probably a little bit more of me than I might sometimes like to admit. 
Wow. Well, that sounds great. That sounds great. Well, listen, Angela, This is, it was really wonderful speaking with you this evening. Maybe um, we're running a little short on time. Maybe you can talk about where people can find you online. Certainly. Um, Facebook and Twitter are the two main places that I am able to interact. Um, the other place that I really like to uh, do replies back to comments is on my blog. So let me share what my Twitter handle is. My Twitter handle is A.L. Brown Wright. So A-L-B-R-O-W-N-W-R-I-T-E-S. So that's my Twitter. For mm-hmm. Facebook, um, pretty much the same thing, but it's Angela L. Brown Wright. So you just search by that. You should be able to find me and have a little colorful uh I guess you can call it an illustration of what my character is, so you'll you'll know you're at the right place. For my blog, which is also where anyone who's interested can sign up for my newsletter. I'm getting ready to finally do my inaugural newsletter before the end of the year, so I'd love to have people go ahead and join and be a part of the newsletter group. And that is publishness.blogspot.com. Okay, well, that's great. Again, thanks so much. Um, It sounds like you have a lot of exciting things coming out, and I wish you the best of luck. And, again, please like the um, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page and keep us up to date on your releases, because that way I can let all our listeners know what what you're up to. So, again, Angela, thanks so much. And, and again, I'm I'm so happy you were able to join and, and share with everyone your writing journey. So thanks again. Um, just wanted to tell everyone about some of my books. Again, um, I have having a sale this week. The Girls on Rose Hill is only 99 cents. And then next week, my latest release, Cold Spring, will also be on a special 99 cents for seven days only. And all the covers of my books and excerpts from my books are available on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.